0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening to this. Welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. On this week's episode, myself, Steve Guy, sitting down with the owners of AIW, as always, Chandler Piggins and John Thorne, and we discuss the legends of wrestling that one may encounter when you've been involved in the wrestling world as long as they have. Before we get to that, of course, the necessary obligatory shout out to our sponsors that help us keep this thing going. Thanks to SmartMark Video, who takes care of all of our video needs of our live events. Make sure you purchase our DVDs, MP4s, however you download and stream AIW Wrestling, do it with them at SmartMark Video. Thank you also to Angelo's Pizza. Check out Angelo's Award winning pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. We appreciate them giving us pizza to feed our fans at our live events, and, of course, feeding us every time we sit down here and record this podcast for you. And finally, thank you as well to Jack Prince, who handles all of our graphic design and printing needs. You can find them and find how you can do all of that as well, whether it be on apparel, any sort of signage, banners, anything literally in the world that you could think of that you want to put a design on, Jack Prince will print it for you. Check him out at jackprince.com. jkprince.com. That voice you heard is Chandler Biggins, owner number two of AIW, and of course, John Thorne here joining me as well. And we're not trying to add any
1: other owners, so after last week, nobody obnoxious in the crowd. No fucking goofs. Yeah, no fucking goofs either. Goofs.
0: No new owners. Except
1: for Goofy, which is Eddie Kingston at
2: Disney World. Shout out to him. We should start making uh, podcast merch and just say, no fucking goofs. That's a t-shirt.
1: We got a pro wrestling t-store. Might as well take advantage because we never fucking ever promote it. Now, on this episode as well, as I mentioned... December, big month at PWTs, we sold three shirts. Oh, wow. World record. Or like the Young Bucks, minus 5 million.
0: Right. So, as mentioned previously, obviously being involved in the wrestling world for way over a decade and even being involved somewhat prior to actual ownership of a wrestling federation...
1: I've owned a few in my day. I just want to say that. Yeah, that's, that's, there you go. I had a manager career in Pittsburgh in oh, the n- early ni- yeah, late 90s.
0: Very lucrative. But at any rate, you're going to encounter certain people that you grew up watching or maybe your parents grew up watching, and that's what this episode is dedicated to. But during the extended time of AIW... Francine,
2: used been... to be, Francine from ECW used to be my voicemail greeting when I was in high school.
1: There, there you go. Shout out to Missy Hyatt Blacktail Magazine. Oh, shout so out, to, shout out
2: to Francine. We had a nice steak. When I was 17, we ate a good steak, and uh, she recorded her, my
1: voicemail greeting. Shout-out to Missy Hyatt. My dad would not buy her calendar in 1993 for me. Said so it was too revealing. Too risque. Too risque, revealing,
0: whatever. All right. Well, throughout the history of AIW, there's also been uh, one other constant member in the background, so to speak. Uh, we've mentioned him many times on the show. He will join us, and that is AIW bartender Nick Senka.
1: Oh, because he will confirm my story coming up, but first off... Uh, we could talk about you know these legends. Uh, we have a lot of encounters, not only in AIW, but we you know Cleveland All Pro when it was up and going with the late great JT Lightning. He would book uh, some of the most oddball legends in the world, so it was always good to go to his shows and hang out with these legends. And then we socially, we've like we'll tell a honky tonk man story coming up of when we went to visit him one time and it was crazy. But JT uh, would book these legends, and then it seemed like. You know, if he didn't have arrangements for them or whatever, he would just kind of pawn them off on us. So there's one time he booked Buddy Landell, the nature boy, making his big return to the independence. Uh, and he goes, hey, Thorne, you got room in your house? Put Buddy
2: up. Yeah. So uh, he books Buddy Landell with no accommodation. Uh, and I have to put up the nature boy uh, in my basement of where I was living. At the and
1: time. Buddy Landell, not expecting the Ritz-Carlton, totally fine with this.
2: Yeah, I guess you know this is just something he's used to. Uh because he had to stay because his Mercedes-Benz that he bought when he was running hot in 1986, uh it broke down
1: when he made it to Cleveland. And he doesn't tell you what year his car was. The late great Buddy Landell might I say. Buddy Landell tells Thord, "Oh man, my Mercedes broke down. It's in the shop." And he goes, "There, he t- he like, you know, when Buddy left, he goes, No way this fucking guy has a Mercedes. Well, lo and behold, the next day when he took Buddy to his car, it was a Mercedes. He did have a Mercedes, but this thing... But it was probably as old as us. Yeah, this thing was
2: straight out of like... I mean, I would say it's a fucking like... It it was an 83 at the newest Mercedes. This guy bought this when he was fucking running hot as the nature
1: boy. And shout out to Mercedes. Eventually, they last 30 years, apparently. So you've got the nature boy staying at your house, John Thorne. So we go... Which is a fucking...
2: I don't know how I fall. I don't know how I get the job of babysitting the nature boy, Buddy Landell. But I I think Biggins is is responsible because this goes back to his love for Southern wrestling.
1: So Buddy Landell, uh, we take him to eat and he orders. We go to this diner called My Friends, which is pretty uh, popular in Cleveland. This guy goes, I'm going to treat you guys. Well, we thought he was going to treat us to dinner. He instead buys an appetizer of breaded mushrooms, <laughs> and goes, "These I'll take a couple, but these are for you guys." Yeah. And if anybody knows John Thornton, he's not eating breaded mushrooms. That's exotic, dude. And it's something that I've only acquired the taste for in the last few years. Now I'll eat a breaded mushroom, but back then I was not touching any mushrooms.
0: Oh, really? That's not what we heard on the last podcast. That was not
1: my <laughs> mushroom. That was. Uh, that that was yeah,
2: shrubbery. Shrubbery. <laughs> so Buddy Landell tries to pay me for my uh, my place to stay in a uh, food that I will not eat. Breaded mushrooms. Exactly. That is way too. And he did it the me. next time too because we've had it. We had him two to- separate times. Yeah, we got we, we got sucked babysitting Buddy Landell uh, two times. Two times. The first time, nothing really of note. You know. Yeah,
1: uh, it, uh, buddy, buddy. You know, you've heard there was a lot of horror story. I love Buddy god bless him uh late and great he's passed away but he was an awesome guy to us but you hear a lot of horror stories with buddy like a lot of people and the first time he was in cleveland just a perfect gentleman we did uh we used to do like a youtube television show called intense tv buddy goes i'm producing this shit
2: tonight so Drew drew cordero uh at the time was the host of beyond wrestling and uh, he is getting produced by the nature boy buddy landell in my basement buddy buddy refused to be on camera though but it uh, you know it was he, funny he loved he loved being uh, behind the camera and producing things and uh coming up with segments and uh giving drew like a, a script to say it was it i mean this may not sound interesting to people but honestly to be fucking a bunch of dudes in your 20s and the nature boy buddy landell is just in your basement trying to produce fucking long-haired ponytail Drew Cordero is a sight to see. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, you might not think it's as cool as it sounds, but it is a fucking bizarre scene.
1: Like, just looking back and looking around the room, you're like, what the fuck's going on? So, the thorn takes Buddy to his car the next day. That's it. You know, Buddy. Buddy's like, see you in a couple months. Sure enough, he did have a Mercedes, as I said. So the next time Buddy comes to town... But Buddy had, had given us this...
2: You know, because Buddy had this reputation of being this crazy partier and things like that, and Buddy had given us this reborn-again Christian, like, I am a man of God, I
1: have cleaned up my life. I don't do any of that shit anymore, blah, blah, blah. So in a
2: manner, this is slightly
1: disappointing
0: hearing this. No, it
2: it gets good. So, you know, it's like, okay, this guy, this legendary partier has cleaned his life up, it's pretty run of, run of the mill. He just sleeps like in my would, house.
1: Yeah, we would just we like he told us about like stuff that happened in Smoky Mountain or you know, the Crockett and all this other stuff. So it's pretty fun, but it just wasn't these crazy stories. But the next time he came next time he came, he was not uh not a happy camper with something in his life. So he just was balls out party.
2: Reborn again Buddy Landell had gone to the wayside and party boy Buddy Landell has in full effect. Let me tell you, Party Boy Buddy Landell, he loves doing lemon drops at lunch.
1: Well, I think you could tell the story. You took him to lunch, and he didn't eat one thing, did he?
2: No. Uh, if there's one thing you know about old people, lemon drops is the shot of choice. If you're, uh, if you're coming on a partying hard in the 80s, we go to this, uh, this restaurant by my house. You want, hey, let's all go get some lunch. Buddy has a show later that day. Doesn't order one bit of food. He orders about 17 lemon drops throughout the course of lunch. <laughs> And he, well, is, he is saying some fucking offensive
1: shit to the fucking staff. Well, he, well let's talk about the night before. So Cleveland All-Pro, he's in a title tournament, and we're thinking, oh, good, Buddy's back. He's our buddy. He walks up to us, and he is out of his mind. I don't know if he was high or drunk, and I say this with the utmost respect for Buddy. God rest his soul. But he is out of his mind on something. So a woman at the gimmick table asks him to borrow his Sharpie in intermission. He puts it in his tights and goes, "Get it out yourself, honey." Oh, le- legendary. Legendary. Uh, so he is just hanging around us. So he wants to go back to the breaded mushroom restaurant. <laughs> yeah, so those I those breaded mushrooms. Yeah, he's in my car because I. He's like, "I'm I, I'm with you, big man." So he gets in my car and he's talking to somebody on the phone, and he goes be real quiet. I'm talking to this lady. And I don't know if it was his wife or somebody else. He, he was like, I'm sorry, honey. I'm so hurt. i been so hurt. I broke my neck. He's like, talk to the doctor. And he's like, slapping me going, talk to, him, big. talk to him, big man. I have to get out and I have to act if I'm a doctor saying, buddy was paralyzed, but now he can move his toes.
2: <laughs>
1: he sets this up so then i have to talk like a doctor and i'm like oh they're paging me i gotta go and he's like i'll call you later but i'm really hurt i don't know when i'll leave cleveland he's slapping me going oh man that was so good you're such a good doctor (laughs) so then we go into this my friend's diner and it's a very nice you know nice family run establishment and our waitress was uh, totally a grandmother no less than probably 70 if not older so, Buddy gets the big idea that he's gonna flash his cock to this old late waitress. Sure did. Buddy starts unzipping his pants, and the lady screams. Did he, wait, did he run this idea by you? He, I, he goes, "Man, look at that waitress! I'm gonna show my cock." <laughs> he goes, he goes to fly. Or no, I don't know if he said show your cock. I think he said like I'm gonna show this girl what's up or something. So he unzips his pants and starts to unzip his fly. And the waitress, like, yells in horror and, like, talks to a manager or whatever. They're like, sir, you're going to have to leave if you do that again. So he slaps me, like, I when he, I was the yeah, doctor. They gave him
0: a second chance. Yeah,
1: they <laughs> gave him a second chance. They love business. He goes, go to the car and get some of my pictures, kid. Yeah. So, so <laughs> He's going to bribe him with 8 by 10s He's going to bribe them with Buddy Landell 8 by 10s So, okay, so we get past the... He ordered his breaded mushrooms again, ate two, and gave the rest to me and Thorne. (laughs) Which we did not eat any of. (laughs) Not eat any of. So we get back to Thorne's house. And so it was around... I don't know if it was around... It was like December, I think. I don't know. And it was Christmas time. He goes, I got a Christmas song. He goes, I sing it like this. Buddy, the big cock reindeer. Reindeer. (laughs) And then he had a very red cock... And then he also, for whatever reason, his other Christmas song what? was Corey Hart's Sunglasses at Night, but his version was, Buddy Landell, I wear my Magnum XXL condoms at night And to I-
2: fuck you, to, 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 fuck those rats. This was the song
1: that he sang. And so... Uh, like we talked on a previous episode, Thorne was living in the basement of this house, and in the AEW office, we had a couch where wrestlers would sometimes crash. Like Drake Younger would sometimes spend a week there. So Thorne is in his room, and our dipshit partner was upstairs in his room. Goof, goof. his fucking goof other partner. Well, there's a third floor, which was rented by like a 50-something-year-old woman. Well, she can't figure out whose car is blocking her in the driveway, because Buddy Buddy had just pulled his ca- car behind hers when I picked him up, or somehow... Mercedes, Ben. Yeah, somehow his car was blocking her from leaving. Well, she came downstairs looking for the owner, and Buddy. she wakes Buddy up and goes, sir, is that your car out there? He goes, I don't know about a car, but you can come here right now and fuck me, woman. <laughs> So this woman Who's just like You know She's just a random it's like a, it's woman It's like a
2: duplex We live in a duplex It's like the upstairs neighbor
1: This is a woman That has never spoken Really to any of us And she just came down Looking for whose car and Was she in finds the, the fucking Nature boy <laughs> Yeah The nature boy Was alive and well then And he just goes Come over here woman I don't know what happened But she was in tears And the landlord I know the landlord Had to get involved The next day <laughs> So then they go to Their lemon drop lunch so Buddy is booked. The first Friday night, he's at Cleveland All-Pro. Saturday night is a place we've talked about before, and it's run by our sound man, Jeff Traxler, Mega Championship Wrestling. And it's probably about an hour outside of Cleveland where they're running this night. So I'm driving Buddy. and Buddy is lit. It's me, Buddy, and Drew Cordero in this car. And he goes, so you guys do videos, right? You know, that last time I was here, I was helping you guys. We're like, yeah. He goes, I want to make a porno. <laughs> and I go, okay, I'll go on. And he goes, so I don't want to show my dick to any of the public. So he goes... Unless you're a waitress. Yeah, unless you're a waitress, he's willing to show. He goes, I don't want to show my dick on tape. He goes, I'm going to wear a strap-on. You guys give me $15,000 and get me a woman, and I'll fuck the shit out of her. With a strap With on. a strap-on. And he gets $15,000, which... I don't, know the, I don't know too much about the economy of pornography, but I don't think anybody is getting $15,000 for a scene, much less a guy wearing a strap-on. So, anyway,
2: okay. af- after the strap-on story, he thinks that Jeff Traxler is going to stiff him on pay. Because he's
1: never worked for Traxler before, and he kept going, how is this guy? And we're like, he's fine. You know, you met him last night. He goes, I didn't meet no fucking promoters last night. And he does not believe that the Jeff Traxler was at cleveland all-pro the night before he goes fuck this guy and he is lemon dropped up at this point so we get to this show and it was like at some elementary school in the middle of nowhere and he go he's rummaging through my trunk with his bags and he hands me a binocular case and i thought that was weird he goes hot this at the gimmick table i might need it and i'm like okay so uh, and you're thinking well you could see just fine inside yeah, I'm thinking, why does this guy need fucking binoculars? Well, then he came, he went in the back and came back out like 10 minutes later, goes, Give me that case. And I'm like, Okay. So I gave it to him. He then comes back after intermission and goes, Here, man, put this in the car, hide it. And I'm thinking, What is in this binocular case? <laughs> turns out it's a loaded handgun <laughs> and, and he was, was going to murder Jeff Traxler if he didn't get his fucking you this motherfucker better give me his pay or i'm going to fucking kill him just rolling with a loaded handgun just in a rolling case. with a loaded handgun in a, in a binocular case and i'm just walking around like with the fucking thing over my shoulder not thinking what you know yeah you're just rolling around with
2: a loaded gun probably fucking definitely unregistered
1: oh serial number was totally probably scratched
2: off and that's if that's not the most territory shit you ever heard i don't know
1: and this payday was not enough to kill somebody over. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, this, this guy is not making fucking like, uh, you know, uh, Ryback money. <laughs> yeah, we're talking like a <laughs> couple hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, you know, like at best. Like, I don't even know if like a broken arm is worth fucking what he was getting. But
2: he was going to murder somebody with a loaded
1: gun. And then we never saw him again, he passed away. RIP. I loved yeah, him. But it was like and I don't want anybody to think negative of him from these stories. This is what we wanted. We wanted a wild, crazy guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, he definitely, if anybody's made it like a lasting impression on us, it is our experience over a course of a few days with Buddy Landell. There's no, it's second to none.
1: And you know what? I you know, a lot of times I regret not getting pictures with somebody like Missy Hyatt's way up there that I never got a picture in Bunkhouse book. I'm so sad I never got a Buddy Landell picture because that guy fucking was the best. Yeah,
2: and he was like, uh, just like, for being like some younger guys at the time and just hanging out with this guy, it's like everything you
0: could have ever dreamed of of a fucking pro wrestler from the 80s who just never grew up at all. You know, I, I hear that if you book the oil master, Missy Hyatt will maybe come back, and then you can get your picture taken with her. Missy Hyatt, I'm, I'm
1: calling you out right now, Missy Hyatt. I'll be in Florida for WrestleCon oh, coming go. up. Missy Hyatt, let me take you to dinner, honey.
0: Oh, you gonna take her? She's uh, how far is Orlando from? Where I'm she? coming. I'm coming that way, honey. <laughs> well, Whoa. let's let's segue real quick here. Missy's uh, got a
1: thing still, though. I'm just gonna say that she's got a thing going on. I I don't care if she has a thing now. That 1993 calendar, I wanted it so bad. Well, all right. I think I, I mean, hey, Missy's Missy still got a thing going on. That's I put over Missy. I'm very it. beautiful
0: woman. I'm into it. Missy, if you're listening, I'm into it. She's a very pretty lady. I think that's, that's an agreed-upon thing here on the card. I was
1: very like, nervous talking to Missy because she's a legendary uh, attractive lady.
0: Yeah. I we know how lady. you are about talking to those attractive yeah, it ladies. It scares Oof. you. It's rough. I'm going to transition here over to, to uh, a John Thorne story because this is actually one uh, somebody you didn't run into running a promotion. But as we talk about one legend pulling his dick out, uh, then there's another legend that approached you uh, kind of in a similar manner there, John.
2: So, uh, Virgil, yes. So, uh, right when I'm going to wrestling school. At Meat age, sauce. When I'm at the age of uh, 18, I'm going to wrestling school. Um, I, fucking, I get hurt at wrestling school trying to uh, do a moonsault onto the, the Duke, uh, capital T, capital D, and uh, my arm is in a sling. And my buddy Roger, he's working at the mall selling those fucking at the time makes your cell phone antenna light up lights or whatever. He's working at one of those weird mall kiosks where you make your Nokia cell phone light like up. Like potato's dream job,
1: working yeah, at but, a kiosk at a mall. And he
2: sends, he calls me, and he goes, "Virgil from the WWF is just set up next to me in the
1: mall." And I go, <laughs> "What the fuck?" And this is back when like it was an odd thing; it wasn't like commonplace, like the lonely Virgil stuff. This is way before it was like a. No, no, this is at Parmitan. This is
0: before get he their was fuck there money. Twice a year.
1: So I go
2: and I, I want to see what's going on with Virgil. Why Virgil's at the Parmitan Mall, and uh, you know my arm's in a sling or whatever. And uh, I start you know Virgil's being Virgil, the Virgil everyone knows now. And at that time, nobody knew of this legendary Virgil. You know, uh, and I go, hey, you know. He goes, what what happened to your arm? I said, well, I'm trying to be a pro wrestler. He goes, oh yeah. I go, yeah. And he puts me in a fucking puts me in a fucking hammer lock. He goes, how are you gonna get out of this? I go, my arm's in a sling, man. It fucking hurts. He goes, no fucking, no fucking workers gonna care if you're hurt. And he goes, he starts putting me in all these fucking arm holds. And he goes, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I said, dude, get the fuck off me. My arm hurts. And he fucking really puts it on. He goes, I'm gonna teach you a fucking, an invaluable lesson. And I go, what? I go, what is that, Virgil? What the, you're fucking me up right now? And he goes, reach through your legs and grab my balls.
1: <laughs> His fuck money balls.
2: And I go, what? And he goes, reach. Th- he goes, "This is old school trick, man. This is what you got to do." He goes, "You got to reach through your legs and you got to grab the guy's balls, and that's how he's that's when he's gonna let go of the hold." And I fucking, I just shimmy myself loose. I go, "I'm not grabbing your fucking balls, Virgil." And uh, he goes, "Come on, man! Come on, man! Should, I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you." And I go, "Dude, I'm not grabbing your fucking balls in the middle of the mall." And that's pretty much my Virgil story.
1: <laughs> well, and then we had another Virgil story because uh, we talked. And previous episodes with our uh it's, it's kind of friendship with the honky talk man for a while we we're hot hot with the honky talk man on the road and uh honky talk man hit us up and was like i'll be in your area for a comic book thing and it turned out that he was going to be at young's in youngstown ohio like a like a horror movie comic con and this is like i don't even know years ago not too long ago but probably at least five five years ago and so we go there and it's Honky Tonk Man, Virgil, uh, Janet, Janet, and the girl, f- Janet from Three's Company, and then the woman, I can't remember her name, she was the three-boobed psychic. Three-nipple three from All Rats, three-nipple woman from All yeah, Rats. Yeah, she was
2: there. Right. And then also the guy who played Maniac, Cop, slash was in Tango and Cash. I yeah,
1: can't remember so that. like, literally though, it drew five people. So, like, these celebrities are just so bored out of their mind. So, Honky Talk Man just had us come and hang out with them all day. And I think there might have been, like, he might have took one picture, but he didn't care because the promoters uh, booked him or whatever. So, we're just hanging with Honky Talk Man all day. And Virgil, of course, Honky Talk Man's wherever they put him. Virgil, of course, has to be the gimmick table right by the front door because that's his primo spot. Well, he just keeps coming over motherfucking all the people who won't buy his pictures. So, Honky Talk, man, we're at like the Youngstown Mall, but we're in like an expo center. Honky Talk, man, keeps going, Virgil, man, I don't know why you're bitching. These guys with me here, he goes, they own this mall over here, and he goes, they just booked me for five grand. Virgil is like just Steaming like, hot Steaming Just stomping away every time Cause he's like You got any room for me And Honky Tonk Man's like No dude I, They can only afford me Only one guy He goes They're giving me five grand Virgil Five he, grand He goes Could you imagine Getting five grand right now Just to go to the mall Right across the street here So we're all Like the thing wraps up And we're all leaving And Honky Tonk Man says goodbye And Virgil won't even talk to us He fucking is ready to fight us Cause we won't book him too and Virgil's like, well, I'll see you motherfuckers later because I'm going to the rest area and set up in the bathroom. And then he looks at me and Thorne and goes, and you two motherfuckers, you can go fuck yourselves. And then he pulls down his pants and he moons us. And then to even add to it, he walks the probably fucking thousand feet to his SUV. Geo-tracker. with tracker. Geo tracker with his ass out. Then he comes around and he's flicking us off and like, throwing coffee cups at us and shit going i'm going to the rest area he goes fuck you guys i don't need you motherfuckers i'm going to the rest area and hogging talk man is just belly laughing going this fucking virgil guy well in a more recent uh past uh oh well i i'll yeah i'll I'll bring this up uh okay uh when we were doing the thing about jake the snake recently uh you, we I had brought up something about him Buying cocaine in my car And a couple people have asked To elaborate on that story I know Jake the Snake is supposedly uh, Doing well now, allegedly uh, But Jake the Snake, we brought him in For WrestleMania weekend This guy, uh, I ended up with the task Of babysitting him and Matt Morgan Which Matt Morgan had disappeared With uh, women, uh, women Of loose moral standards So me and bartender Nick Sanko, we get the task Of Taking honky talk, or not honky talk man, um, Jake the Snake. He went, he had us take him to a liquor store before the show, and then he also got a what would you say about a 24 bucket of chicken? Yeah, 24, 24 piece. Yeah. Welcome, Nick Sagan, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So, this guy, you know, I would think if you're eating, you probably shouldn't be drinking straight vodka. He was just chugging vodka and eating like a 24 bucket of chicken. Oh, yeah. So, he's shut the fuck up, Ordui. So he is just in the locker room with his big belly out covered in like he had a hairy chest just covered in chicken skin and crumbs and stuff. And he has the vodka bottle going down, going down, going down. And then somebody's music hit and he just wakes up out of his like stumber goes, what match am i on? I'm ready. And that was all the preparation he had. And then so me and Nick have to drive him back to the hotel. So we get in the car. And he's telling us that was his last match because I don't know if you can describe his shirt.
2: Yeah, he uh, he told us that this was like his last tour, last few matches, because he was going to uh, retire and become a, a deep sea fisherman.
1: He said he already was a yeah. tournament winner. <laughs> yeah, he Now won- he's going he won- full-time deep sea <laughs> he fisherman. He won a few
0: tournaments. Uh, the... The, the shirt that Chandler was talking about he was wearing like a full on like a Yamaha like a Yamaha sponsored fisherman
1: <laughs> But it looked like like it looked like yeah. a shirt like a race car driver would wear Yeah, that's it was, like, what the yeah it's yep. got okay. all the, the yeah. sponsorships in Yeah, there. all Not the honest. sponsorships <laughs> and it's super thick like it had to be hot.
0: Yeah. You got to wear that when you're a fisherman.
1: So we're in the car and he goes he goes, "Excuse me, fellas, I got to make a call." So we're driving back to the hotel and he just orders a bag of cocaine in my car on his cell phone. He's like I'm in room 112. Uh you better be there motherfucker. And so we're driving him back and then he goes, "Hey guys, in about like half hour I'm going to need another ride." Well, me and Nick just disappear. We're not going to let we're not going to take this guy anywhere. So he ended up recruiting referee Tom Dunn to take him to the Myers grocery store in Michigan to buy baking soda because he was going to take the cocaine, bake it on... A, he Jake the Snake at the time carried a hot plate in his bag and a little frying pan. He was going to make crack cocaine at the Red River Inn in Taylor, Michigan. Allegedly. To, allegedly. To do, allegedly. And he also spent his entire payday on uh, day blocks of pornography. So he was cooking on his hot plate while pornography played, allegedly. Yeah, yeah he bought like the 24-hour hotel...
2: like. The twenty-four hour like uh, worth of porn on his on his own credit card incidentals. Because yeah, we were not going to put our credit card downs for Jake the Snake. He bought he bought the uh, you know the nonstop porn stream in the uh, in the hotel pay per view
1: and multiple days because he was there like multiple days and the entire time or when we checked out or whatever the um. The like front desk woman was like, "Oh man, whoever this other guy with was with you, he loves his porn. He bought it all." But I hear he's doing good now. Yeah, or he's doing good now. Well, allegedly. In the yeah, he <laughs> yeah, he just pissed wherever he wanted in the locker room. So like, this is like a flea market. So they just have like buckets and stuff. But like, I think it was for like rainwater. Yeah, like he a just, leaky roof. We we look over and he's just standing in the locker room with dick in his hand, just peeing.
2: Like right in front. Of, like it was not even looking for cover. Like just like
1: he was in the middle of like an empty floor.
2: Yeah, just like right in the middle of the room, just whips whips the fucking snake out.
0: Pulls out Damien. And yeah, it was
1: not Damien. Uh and then he did a thing where he threw his shirt in the crowd. He was wearing a shirt that said Mr. Big. Uh he threw it in the crowd. Somebody of course, like if you throw something in the crowd, which is another story we'll tell.
0: Right.
1: If you throw something in the crowd, person's gonna take it. That's what just what they think, you know. Didn't he throw his dentures in the crowd? No, his dentures fell out
2: in the match. Okay, so I knew something happened with his dentures.
1: Okay, so he threw this shirt in the crowd for his match. Well, then after the match, he stopped the entire show and put the show to a stop because he goes, "Somebody better return my show, my shirt, or there's not going to be a show." And we were trying to run like we just were talking about how December we tried to run. Short, so we could get to the Ronda Rousey thing. This show was purposely, it was WrestleMania weekend. We purposely timed it so then people could go right to the Hall of Fame ceremony. So this guy held up the show for at least a half hour, going, Somebody better get my fucking shirt back, uh, or I'm gonna not leave this ring. So finally, he threatens that he's gonna flash his dick, which he ended up doing in Cleveland, not at AIW. But he, he's going to flash his dick to There's the crowd. There's a thing with these legends and their dicks. <laughs> yeah, they, they love like, their dicks. They like them. So we finally find the kid had run into the... Because fl- the wrestling was blocked off so we could take admissions. Uh-huh. So the flea market, the kid had stolen the shirt and run to the flea market, which he was thought he was able to. So we finally find the shirt. Jake the Snake's happy, goes and buys cocaine in my car,
0: Allegedly. <laughs> So we go from one story of somebody throwing things into the crowd uh, to another and, of course, wanting them back. And, and some people may remember in the more recent history of uh, WWE, a certain tag team by the name of Too Cool. And one of those members has gone on and had a pretty steady life. The other, not so much. And he brought that not-so-stable life one time to AIW.
1: No, not to AIW. Oh, it to was to uh, Cleveland, All-Pro. Uh, Cleveland All-Pro. It was another legend. That JT brought in. Brian Christopher, one of the biggest legends there is. A.K.A. Grandmaster Grandmaster Sexy. Sexy. And Jamie Dundee and Brian Christopher are in some kind of tag match with JT. And neither one wanted a job. Or some... I forget the exact story. But JT had to be pulled away from a bathroom from fighting these guys. While he's like almost on his deathbed. It was the craziest story ever. So then... Brian Christopher, probably in not a good mood because of the JT situation and probably some extracurricular activities. He comes out in the, you know, the, the too cool jacket. He gives that to a little kid in the crowd. He takes off his big puffy hat, gives that to a kid in the crowd. Puffy hat. Gives away his gloves, you know, his two-cool gloves. Gives away his goggles, his big, you know, leg-drop goggles. Right. So he's thinking, oh, I just, you know, I'm just work in the crowd or whatever so after the match he goes where's all my stuff and the crowd had already you know some of them probably already left he's going around running around like a madman, trying to get all his stuff back he didn't mean for the fans to keep him but if you give somebody something in the crowd they're gonna think it's theirs he thought they're just holding it (laughs) yeah so he's (laughs) chasing little kids around trying to get his goggles back and motherfucking those little kids just screaming at them those are my goggles give me those fucking snowboard goggles how else is he going to perform the fucking Alabama Jam without those goggles?
0: So the more of the last two stories uh, for anybody. Don't give stuff wrestler, to the crowd.
1: Don't give stuff to the crowd.
2: Well, if or if, somebody, if, if a wrestler gives you something, don't think it's yours just yet. <laughs> well, yes, yes, from a <laughs> yeah. fan standpoint, there's that too. Don't think it's yours just yet.
1: Especially if they're wrestlers with sketchy pasts. Which, one, time, that. one time
2: I was at the Gathering of the Juggalos And I saw Grandmaster Sex say Beat the fuck out of a drug dealer Well he had his buddy beat the fuck out of a drug dealer Named Jewboy uh, Who was selling drugs at the uh, Gathering of the Juggalos They beat him up Thinking that they were going to st- allegedly steal all of his drugs They beat the shit out of him in the backstage area And then they forgot that he had drugs And when he left They go oh fuck we beat that guy up And we forgot to take the drugs But Jewboy had already made off into the fucking crowd Got out of there. Uh, any any other fun legend stories you guys have? Uh, well, I know Chandler Biggins has a good Tracy Smothers one. I will just say really quick, last year when we were uh, doing things with Bunkhouse Buck and Colonel Robert Parker, and we were looking for another guy, I had a, I tried to get Barry Darso to uh, bring out the old blacktop bully gimmick. Because it was a staple of the stud stable. Uh, and uh, he, like, I thought that would just be fucking hilarious to book the blacktop bully.
1: Uh, one of his best gimmicks by far.
2: And I go, you know what? We're doing some weird fucking shit. We got Bunkhouse Buck. What is weirder than Bunkhouse Buck? The blacktop bully. Get that air horn going. Yeah, we, we, we like, me and Biggins are just talking to each other at 2 o'clock in the morning, and we are just fucking getting each other fucking amped up. So
1: Thorne texts him.
2: I get his, I get his number, and I send him a fucking text. And he just responds with the most take-the-wind-out-of-your-sails fucking response ever. He goes, hey, John, thanks for uh, contacting me. I don't do that gimmick anymore. I only do do demolition.
1: Meanwhile, demolition is an entire outfit, face paint. The blacktop bully is just jeans and a red T-shirt and an air horn. And it's literally just a red T-shirt with the sleeves cut off. That's all he had to put on. And we were going to pay him whatever he asked. He was fucking not having it. And we would probably would end up having to buy the red shirt, so it probably would have been on us anyways. Like when Doug Gilbert said it'll be Nightmare Freddy, but we have to buy the entire outfit, so I had to go on eBay and Amazon.com and try to piece together a Freddy Krueger outfit. 3XL.
0: 3XL only. I had to buy a Freddy Krueger shirt from the UK. Really wants that HOF spot as a demolition member. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I thought, black, I, thought, I
2: thought that would have been the easiest money he ever made in his fucking whole career. He was not having it.
0: So, we move over then, to uh, Chandler, to your story of Tracy Smothers, the guy who AIW fans know and love. Always over doing yeah, and, goofy things. And, and if I've told
1: this story prior on the podcast, I can't remember. We've done too many of these damn things. Uh, but if I've told this story before, for, uh, forgive me. But Tracy Smothers, one of the best guys I know. Uh, there was a Cleveland All Pro show, and we the talk- best, the best. We talked about how uh, JT would like pawn legends off on us. I was at this show as a fan, a Cleveland All Pro Show. It was after Heckler sw-
2: Chandler Biggins era. Zero. Uh,
1: well, I had started an AIW, but it was only a month after, uh, so I was still heckling a little bit in two thousand. It was December two thousand five. Uh, Tracy Smothers locked his keys in his car, so but it was a definite his helicopter. You mean? No, it was a car. Okay. A helicopter couldn't fly in this weather. It was during a blizzard. And it was like record low temperatures. It was like negative 10 or some ridiculous amount. So Tracy is just standing in the hallway at Turner's Hall going, I don't know what to do. Uh, I, you know, and I go, I got triple A.
2: <laughs>
1: Legendary quote from
2: Chandler well, Biggs yeah, I've the said years.
1: that many times. I said, I got triple A. Come sit in my car. I'll keep you warm.
2: Like the time you left your lights on and you, instead of turning them off, you just go, ah, fuck it. I got triple A.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. All you had to do was literally just walk out and turn your lights off. (laughs) So I'm thinking to myself.
0: That's a good one.
1: I'm going to call AAA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to call AAA. And in the meantime, I get to, like, hang out with Tracy Smothers and, like, you know, hear from him Because I got a million questions about, oh, my God, what about when the dirty white boy did this? You know, that kind of shit. So Tracy Smothers is sitting in my car. And AAA, because the bad weather was so bad, it's going to be, like, five hours. Well, AAA didn't even end up showing up. But Tracy Smothers and I formed a friendship that every time I see him, he'll hug me and go, I got my keys, Chris. So Tracy Smothers, I took him to a corner store because he wanted to get something to drink. He wanted a water. And he goes, what do you want, man? I go, hey, man, just give me a nice tea. Because I, I love the Pure Leaf raspberry iced tea. And he goes, okay, brother, I'll get you nice tea. A little ding for a potential sponsorship, Pure Leaf. I love Pure Leaf. Pure Leaf raspberry. Michael Huggin found out what happens when you give me brisk. So... It's we're brisk, baby. S- no, it's pure leaf. So we're yeah, sitting. I remember that fucking ad campaign no, with the that. fake. Tr- no, I'm pure leaf.
0: Yeah. It's great.
1: So oh. we're there. We're there, and he goes into this corner store, and instead of getting me a nice tea, comes out with a bag, pulls out the water for himself, and hands me this big bag. He goes, "I didn't get you ice tea, Chris. I got you something healthier." He got me a full size bag of nacho cheese Doritos. <laughs> so I don't know why he thought instead of a drink, get him a bag of Doritos. But uh, Tracy, uh, another wrestler, ended up coming like with a clothes hanger and got Tracy saved. But yeah, that's my first like real dealings with Tracy Smothers, and man, it was uh, something he always remember, something I always
0: remember. It's been great ever since. Love Tracy. Well, that's gonna do it here for uh, this edition, at least. There probably will be more legends dealt with. In the in the future of AIW, you never yeah, know. yeah.
1: WrestleCon weekend, That's right. uh,
0: Orlando, Florida. We're plenty, going. Plenty I don't stories. know. I don't know sta- what. I'm staying at Eddie Kingston's house. If you are one of our national or international listeners, uh, and you are headed to WrestleMania weekend, and you are going to WrestleCon already, the convention, not the shows, right? The convention. Making yeah, we're
2: not we're not doing now. one of those fucking shows down there. There's fifty of them. Yeah, we're just gonna have a table with some fucking shit to sell. Bring some bring me some fucking bottles of Tito's because I can't afford to do anything else in Orlando. There you go. I want to have fun though, so I need to be intoxicated.
1: And we accept credit cards also, so bring cash and credit. And, and alcohol. And alcohol. Plenty of merch for you to buy. Well, only one table's worth, but we'll do it. Okay. Whatever I can fit in my car. There you go. But if you had stuff you want to me to bring, tell me ahead of time. Yeah, if you're can.
2: going and you have a special order, email AIW at air dot com and we will fulfill that order with no shipping costs but uh, uh, let me know a week ahead of time so when i
0: load my car i bring your merch
2: and we yeah you'll just have a nice little bag there and you just come by and pick it up
0: well there you are and right now you've got about a uh, two month head start on this and folks. marty janetti so marty
2: janetti if you're listening i'm gonna fucking swim in that fountain with you
0: <laughs> you're going in with him i'm going in <laughs> breaking news you heard it here first folks uh, john thorne marty janetti in the fountain at wrestlecon uh, thanks again to all of our sponsors, SmartMark Video, Angelo's Pizza, and Jack Prince. Uh, my name's Steve Guy, and thank you, of course, to co-owners of AIW, Chandler Piggins and John Thorne. We'll talk to you next week, everybody.
1: Spend my days working hard on the go. At least you didn't say thanks.
2: Thanks. Fucking shit.